Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Each week, I will be coming out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings, although many of them are. Some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode and send some suggestions you'd like to hear. As a reminder, we abandoned the road trip series because things are becoming less cryptid-y and more urban legend-y. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank everyone who is listening. There has been such a growth in the listeners within the past two months, so I want to say welcome, welcome to the Out There family. <laughs> Reach out on social media to say hi or what your favorite episode was, or even with a recommendation for another cryptid. Today's episode was a recommendation, so thanks! This is about a cryptid that is an A-list celebrity. A cryptid that sits right next to Bigfoot and Nessie on the fame meter. With two bright red eyes and wings like a moth, this week we are talking about the iconic Mothman. Next week will be a full Weird Club with returnees Alyssa and Jenna. That's right, a sibling episode. So get ready to hear what we all think about this cryptid celebrity. Let's dive in. The story begins in a town called Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's located about 90 miles away from Columbus, Ohio, and the Ohio River runs right along its border. In the 1960s, there was a population of 24,459 people and one monster. This is the town where the Mothman was first sighted. Tuesday, November 15th, 1966. Two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet, were out for a drive at night. They were driving by a part of town called the TNT area when all of a sudden, they spotted a strange humanoid figure in the distance. But as they got closer, they realized whatever was in front of them was not human. The creature had wings and glowing red eyes. Terrified by this thing, they sped away as fast as they could, but the winged monster started flying after them. The car reached speeds of about 100 miles an hour, but the creature kept up. The couples could hear the wings hitting the top of the roof, making a scratching noise every time. They all heard squeaking noises like a, a mouse while the thing flew over them. Finally, they reached the edge of town and the thing had disappeared. So they pulled off into a field to try and figure out what the heck just happened. Linda said they should go to the police, but Steve and Roger thought that they wouldn't believe them. So they were against it. Roger suggested going back to see if the creature was still there, but everyone else was too scared. So they started to head into town, but then they saw a large dead dog lying along the road, which was gone when they went by again, later. And when they passed the second time, the beast was back, and it jumped out and flew over the top of the car. Now, when the couples get into town, they go straight to the police station to report what they just saw. At first, the police didn't believe them, like usual. So what they did was they separated the couples and made them write their accounts in separate rooms. Here's the thing. Each one of their accounts was identical. Not identical enough that they told each other what to write, but identical in the way that they all witnessed the same thing. 
They described a man-like creature that was about six feet tall with a giant wingspan of about 10 feet. It was light gray in color, but the thing that really stood out were the two giant red glowing eyes. This being a small town, the police officers knew these witnesses and believed that they saw something out by the TNT area. Deputy Millard Halsted went out to investigate their story, so the couples and the deputy drove back out to where they saw the creature. Millard shined a spotlight around the area, including the tree lines. Apparently, they heard strange static disturbances coming from his radio that they couldn't explain, but he found no clear sign of the creature itself. While Deputy Halstead was investigating, the couple said they saw a shadow circling the car from the sky, and then a cloud of dust appeared, as if something had just flown away from the area. The couples were so scared to split up that they ended up staying in one of their trailers with the lights on all night. The next day, the sheriff, George Johnson, held a press conference to talk about the sighting. As per usual, the local news media outlets went crazy. I mean, how many times did they have the opportunity to write a story about a monster in their town? <laughs> it was originally called The Bird, or The Mason County Monster, or even Red Eye Phantom. But then, one newspaper called it The Mothman, based on a villain in the Batman comics named Killer Moth. And it stuck. Steve Mallett told the local newspaper, We understand people are laughing at us, but we wouldn't make up all this to make us look like fools. The next morning, the couple went back during daylight and apparently found odd-looking tracks. They said that they looked like two horseshoes put together, but smooth. Then Steve said he saw something fly up inside a boiler after a door was kicked open. They left immediately and didn't get to see what it was. Now, you're probably wondering what the TNT area is, and boy, are you in for a treat. <laughs> it is the former West Virginia Ordinance Works, about seven miles north of Point Pleasant. It's located in the McClintic Wildlife Management Area, which covers 3,655 acres of the state. It's made up of 600 acres of farmland, 180 acres of wetland, encompassing 31 ponds, 1,100 acres of brushland, and 1,775 acres of mixed hardwood forest. So, already the perfect place for a cryptid. And then you add in the abandoned military base. <laughs> During World War II, part of the area was used as a place to manufacture and store ammunition. So, there were about a hundred massive concrete domes that were built into the ground so they couldn't be noticed from the sky. This is where they would store the explosives. Now, at its peak, 3,500 people were employed here from 1942 to 1945. But then, when the war ended, it was just abandoned, left to decay except it's concrete, so it doesn't. Now, we will talk all about this place towards the end of the episode when I get into the explanation section, but that was just the first sighting, and we've got plenty more to talk about. So let's go to the next sighting that was less than 24 hours after the first one. Wednesday, November 16th, 1966, Marcella Bennett, her brother Raymond Wamesley, and his wife Kathy were on their way to drop off Marcella's two-year-old daughter to visit Marcella's sister. 
The house that her sister lived in was near the TNT area. It was a neat bungalow that backed up right against some of the igloos or underground domes from the war facility. The adults had actually read about the Mothman in the newspaper and joked about how they may see it on their drive, but they never expected what came next. When they arrived at the house, they saw that her sister and brother-in-law had gone to church, so the only ones home were their three children. After hanging out for a little, they left and went back into the car, but they saw a strange light in the sky that was hovering over the trees. Her brother actually saw it first and told her to look, but she didn't want to at first. Then he said, no, stop. You've got to look at this. This isn't a plane. Marcella, holding her daughter, just kept walking. When all of a sudden, a figure appeared behind the car. She noticed it out of the corner of her eye while she was unlocking the door. She first noticed the man-like legs that were covered in gray feathers. Then she saw the wings drawn in towards its body. The head was tilted sideways, but its head was sunken into the shoulder area. It was standing only a few feet away from her and her daughter. She was paralyzed with fear. She says, I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what it was that I was seeing. Her brother kept yelling for her to run, but she couldn't. She finally got the courage to turn and she took only four steps towards the house when she fell to the ground on top of her daughter. She couldn't get up. It was almost like she was in some kind of trance. She said, I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do. Then all of a sudden she heard the flapping of massive wings behind her. And then she was able to run. They got into the house and locked everyone inside. Marcella and her daughter were pretty beaten up from her fall, but nothing serious. The children were all screaming and crying because of how scared they were. Her brother got on the phone and called the police telling them they just saw what was reported the night before. He told them how they were locked in the house, but it was still outside. Then the creature shuffled onto the porch pushed on the door, and peered into the windows. The police didn't arrive for another 15 minutes, but by the time they got there, whatever it was, was gone. Now, Marcella later described the creature as over six feet tall with feathers. It just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man, and it was standing with his shoulders arched and its neck down. The police believed them because they saw how terrified everyone was and they saw the injuries Marcella and her daughter had. They had guns drawn and were searching all around the house. Marcella was so traumatized by her experience that she couldn't sleep. She said, I would think I could hear the wings flapping and noise on top of the roof. I kept feeling that this thing had followed us home. She had this weird feeling that the creature was now linked to her and it would be coming back. At this point, some people in the town and surrounding areas were either terrified or fascinated and longing to see what this thing was for themselves. But for the police and the witnesses, this was serious, and something was not right about it. It was almost like this flying creature was getting more brave. And their theory was only proved when the next incident occurred later that month. Late November, 1966, a 13-year-old named Faye DeWitt Laporte, her older brother, Topper, and two younger siblings went on a drive to see if they could find the Mothman. 
Topher thought it was fake, so he wanted to prove it by driving around and not seeing it. So they drove on the road where the first sighting took place and all around the TNT area in their green 59 Ford truck. When all of a sudden, Topher told Faye not to look out her window. He was pale as a ghost and very cold when he said it, but she caught a glimpse out of the corner of her eye. The Mothman was running beside the car. Faye found herself face to face with the creature through a car window. She said it was whitish and sandy in color. It had human-like features, but it wasn't human. It wasn't a bird because it didn't have a beak. But the thing she remembers most were the giant red eyes that went up to a point. It wasn't flying at first, just running at least 50 miles per hour. Faye told her little brother and sister in the backseat to duck down and hide the best they could. At this point, Topher is driving as fast as he could around sharp corners to try and lose the creature, but the beast was simply too fast, and he went around another sharp turn and stopped the car sideways in the road. The creature jumped on the hood of the car and looked at them through the windshield. Then it jumped to the top of an abandoned factory building in the TNT area. It just sat down and crouched like a gargoyle. Topher got out of the car and started throwing rocks at it. He kept missing, but then he finally got one piece of coal up that landed by the thing's foot. Then the Mothman stood up and stared at him. It turned sideways and jumped down from the roof in the same way it got up. Topher ran back into the car and closed the door. This was when the beast spread its wings for the first time and flew away. Faye later described it having close to a five or six foot wingspan. She said the eyes almost took up his whole face, and that's why it was so weird. It was the largest part on its face. Then more and more people came forward saying they spotted this strange creature. One person in December of that same year claimed to have seen it standing on top of the town's famous Silver Gate Bridge, which ran over the Ohio River. Then something horrible happened. Exactly one month after the first sighting, the bridge collapsed at 5.05 p.m. The bridge was full of cars, many of them Christmas shoppers, when suddenly it began to shake. They heard the low moaning of metal and then a loud screech. Then it collapsed into the freezing water below. 46 people died, nine were injured, and two victims were never found making it the worst bridge accident in American history at the time. For days, rescue workers pulled smashed cars and bodies from the river. Debris littered the water. The tragedy had happened on the coldest day of the year. The town was shocked and left feeling completely lost. In a small town like this, everyone knew everyone, meaning everybody knew of either a loved one, friend, neighbor, or even acquaintance that had lost their life that day. The National Transportation Safety Board said that the bridge failed due to a structural flaw that had been there since 1928 when it was built. But there was something strange that happened to people of the town in the days leading up to the tragic event. Mary Heyer, a newspaper reporter, said that on November 19th in 1967, she had a nightmare. She said, there were a lot of people drowning in the river and Christmas packages were floating everywhere in the water. It's like something awful is going to happen. 
but she wasn't the only one. Others were having dreams and nightmares. A local named Virginia Thomas said she had a dream about people dying in the water of the nearby Ohio River. So, was this some kind of coincidence, or does this have something to do with the Mothman sightings that had just begun exactly a month prior? The strange part is that this wasn't the only tragedy where people reported seeing a winged humanoid thing. There are three other major tragedies that have been linked to the Mothman. The first was the horrible terrorist attacks that occurred on September 11, 2001. The witnesses say they saw a large crane-like figure in the vicinity of the towers five days prior to the attack. And a photo came out that appears to show a humanoid figure flying away from the towers seconds after the attacks. Then, on August 1st in 2007, a bridge on the Interstate 35 in Minneapolis, Minnesota collapsed. 13 people died and nearly 145 were injured in its fall. Witnesses claim they saw a Mothman-like figure near the bridge about a month prior to its collapse. And then, on April 10th, 2009, the residents of La Junta in the Mexican state of Chihuahua saw a strange creature that was very tall and hairy, with two expansive wings and wide bloodshot eyes. One witness even reported it chasing him relentlessly. Then this city became the epicenter of the swine flu outbreak. Two other witnesses named Angela Mendez and Vivian Lendesma said they heard it in an apple orchard near Minyaka Cemetery. So could the Mothman be some kind of omen of tragedy? Or is it bringing the tragedy where it goes? We'll discuss more about this in Weird Club. <laughs> so, at this point, Mothman had gained national fame, and cryptozoologists were all over it. John Keel, an author and expert on Mothman, wrote a book in 1975. It was titled The Mothman Prophecies. The book is about everything Keel learned from his investigations into Mothman. Wikipedia says it combines these accounts with his theories about UFOs and various supernatural phenomenon, ultimately connecting them to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Now, we'll talk about those theories later in, the, in this episode, but this book brought so much attention to not only the Mothman, but the town of Point Pleasant. It was then turned into a thriller horror movie of the same title in 2002, with famous actors like Laura Linney, Richard Gere, Deborah Messing, and many others. So, with all of this fame, the town decided to celebrate what makes them special— they started throwing the Mothman Festival every September, where the population of the town triples. And in 2003, artist and sculptor Bob Roach created a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of the Mothman. Then, in 2005, the Mothman Museum and Research Center opened. Sightings never stopped, but they definitely were not as frequent as the first two months. But... Over the next year and a half, after the first sightings, there would be over 100 witness reports that came in. That wasn't the only state that had sightings, though. There was one in Ohio in 1975, then in 1981, there were two in Pennsylvania, then one in 1986 in Kentucky, and another one in 1994 in West Virginia. But then things got quiet. Until recently. Spring of 2009, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Jeff and his wife, Crystal Drenning, are just like us, curious about the unknown. They heard all about the stories of Mothman and wanted to see for themselves. They brought the average ghost hunting equipment because they believe the Mothman is a spiritual creature. So 
They made their way into one of the igloos and they pulled out their digital recorder to try and capture EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon. They started asking the usual questions. Is there anything here with us? Talk into this recorder if you want us to hear you, etc. But they didn't hear anything with their ears, so they decided to head back to their hotel. When they got back, they decided to listen to the recorder to see if they caught anything. On there, they asked, is there anything you'd like us to hear? When they caught a voice, clear as day, it was a low voice that said, I'm here. They were both shocked. Now, the voice they caught could have been another spirit there, but they believe it was the Mothman. The craziest part is that whatever it was followed them home. The couple said that it destroyed their lives for the past decade. At their home, they have constant poltergeist activity, strange voices they hear around the house that even sound like the voice from the dome. Crystal recalled one incident where she got a strange phone call and all the voice on the other line said was, I'm going to eat your light. Like, what? Anyway, the couple went back in 2018 for the TV series In Search of Monsters. They were accompanied by David Spinks, who is an ex-military intelligence and military law enforcement, and he has dedicated his retirement to exploring Mothman. The three of them went into the dorm, where they originally caught the voice almost 10 years prior. During their investigation, they did catch some interesting things, but the most interesting was an EVP. Jeff, the husband, asked the question, what do you want from us? And the response they got is chilling. A voice responded with the word blood. They believe it was Mothman. So this opens another part that I'll go into towards the end of this episode. But it's about Mothman being some sort of spirit or even demonic entity. But before we get there, there are more sightings I want to talk about. There was another sighting in West Virginia, and this time, there may also be photo evidence. November 16th. A man claimed to have seen what he believes is the Mothman. He didn't mention his name in the news, so this came anonymously, but he said that while he was driving along State Route 2, he saw something jumping from tree to tree. He knew it was way too big to be a bird, so he pulled over to get a better look. Then, he took out his smartphone and snapped pictures of what he saw. And the pictures really do show what looked like a humanoid flying creature, just like Mothman. Now, the pictures are in the post, but the first one shows a pretty clear figure with long legs and wings. And then the other two are more blurry and show a figure from further away. Either way, we will dive deeper into them with Alyssa and Jenna. Okay, so... Now we are going to move to a different state, where in the past five years, there have been a major influx of sightings. We are heading to the Windy City. July 16th, Chicago, Illinois. A man stepped outside of his office building in downtown Chicago for a smoke. While he was lighting a cigarette, something caught his eye. It was a figure on top of the famous Willis Tower, formerly known as the Sears Tower the tallest building in the city, but also one of the tallest in the U.S. He said that it jumped off, spread its massive wings, and flew off into the clouds. Then, on the TV show Exhibition X, the team interviewed a man named Kelly Hanada, who was riding his bike going to work one day with a GoPro on his helmet. He said he first saw a guy pointing in the sky, and then he saw it, a man-like creature 
flying. Now, he was very, very reluctant to show it. Like, very reluctant, because he was afraid people would think he was crazy. But he ended up showing two clear still pictures from the video. And they show exactly what everyone else has been describing and what other photos show. Now, this wasn't the last time someone in Chicago saw Mothman. 45 people came forward claiming to have seen the same thing in the months after this report. One of them was in 2017 when a man named John Amarinto came forward. He was working a Friday night shift at a bar, ironically called the Owl, when he saw something in the sky. He told Vice News it didn't look like a bat so much as what illustrations of pterodactyls look like. I know what birds and what bats look like. This thing didn't have any feathers or fur, and it didn't fly like anything I've seen. So the Expedition X team heard about the Willis Tower sighting, and they asked a professional base jumper if it is possible that what the man saw was something he, someone illegally base jumping and possibly using a wingsuit. But the expert said that he thinks that would be impossible. Even if it were a person, he says they definitely wouldn't have survived. So then we're back to it being Mothman or, or something similar. Now, you may be saying the city doesn't seem like a great place for a Mothman, and I would agree. There is, however, a large protected wildlife area about 15 miles northwest of the city. So maybe that is where Mothman lives now. Okay, so now we are going to get into the possible explanations of this cryptid, but this would be a great time for maybe a bathroom break or a snack break because this next section might be just as long as me telling you the story of Mothman. So I'm gonna break down all the different possible explanations and evidence with each. There are five sections of them. I mean, this cryptid is literally like peeling an onion. Each time you think you figured it out, something else comes up. So, all of the photos for this second half will be in a second Instagram post that'll come out next week with the Weird Club. So, let's just get right into it. Starting with probably the most obvious of explanations, a misidentified animal. So we actually have talked about these two animals before, but hunters and zoologists believe that people were seeing either a sandhill crane or an owl. Now you'll remember a sandhill crane from way back in the New Jersey Devil episode. They are usually about four feet tall with an eight inch wingspan. They avoid people as much as possible, but will fight if confronted. They also have a very loud scream that they use for protection. Their legs are very slender, almost stick-like, and they have gray feathers with red around their eyes. Their eyes are a strange blood orange color, so maybe that's what people are seeing. They also do migrate right through Chicago, but here's the weird thing. They are not native to West Virginia. They do migrate through Kentucky, so perhaps a group or maybe just one got off track. But the other known animal they might be seeing is an owl. West Virginia is home to eight different owl species and seven of them are also native to the Chicago area. So there is one that zoologists think might be the one everyone is seeing. The barred owl is a medium-sized owl. It stands about one to two feet tall and has a three to four foot wingspan. The reason they believe it's the culprit is because they have grayish white feathers and their heads are round, just like people explained. Now the red eyes come from the red shine that their torpedum has, and they are very territorial and very aggressive. And when it comes to intruders in their territory, especially during nesting season, they have been known to chase away intruders while hooting loudly. 
sometimes striking with their feet. So that does sound somewhat like the incidents, especially back in the earlier sightings. There is another species of owls that looks eerily similar to what people describe Mothman as. The Stygian owl stands anywhere from 15 to 18 inches tall. They have a wingspan of 11 to 15 inches. They look like a mix between the great horned owl and a barred owl. They have a round face with tufts when they are alert. Their feathers are a blackish gray color with brown in there too. But here's the thing. They have bright yellow eyes, but in the sunlight, their eyes shine a bright red color. A red that would terrify me if I saw it in person. I mean, just from looking at the photos, I'm freaked out. Now, this species is native from northern parts of Mexico all the way to northern Argentina. But in 2001, multiple owls were spotted in Erie, Ohio, which is right along Lake Erie, meaning the owls would have had to travel up from the south, possibly passing through West Virginia. And on top of this, according to Owling.com, very little research has been devoted to the owl. In Mexico, there are legends of this owl being bad luck to being a witch that drinks the blood of unbaptized babies. So, maybe there's something about this owl that would link it to Mothman. But the real question is, how could all of these people mistake a medium-sized owl for a giant man? Well, Dr. Chad Morislock is a psychology professor at the University of Minnesota. He says that memories are influenced by emotions, which means that memories can be changed due to emotional feelings. He also said that accuracy can be poor even if the person thinks they are confident. So maybe these people are remembering wrong. Then on Monster Quest, their team of experts tried an experiment where they could test the theory. Maybe the witnesses are exaggerating size due to fear. They built three different size Mothman cutouts, one two feet tall, another four feet tall, and then the last was eight feet tall. They used bicycle reflectors for eyes and then put them along a road in the TNT area. They had a group of 10 people drive separately through, and when they saw the creature, they would have to say how tall they thought it was. Now the witnesses did a pretty good job, but no fewer than three people on one of the targets doubled the size of it. And the expert said he thinks people are not good at this. So maybe it really was something already known like an owl or sandhill crane, or maybe not. Also on Monster Quest, they had a professional sketch artist named David Weaver interview several different witnesses. He sketched what they saw and then he took all of them and made a composite of the aspects that each one had in common. He said, the similarities are just too great. He determined that all the witnesses were probably seeing the same creature or something very similar to each other. Now, Mothman has also been linked to several different cryptids, and two of them we've already talked about. The first one is Thunderbird, but I personally think we can rule that out because Mothman is a humanoid and Thunderbird is a giant bird. But the other one that it has been linked to is the Owlman. Remember from Cornwall, England? Giant owl-like man? Everyone talked about the big red or orange eyes. Well, some think it was actually the Mothman or another species of Mothman. And you know, I do have a hard time explaining a cryptid with another cryptid, but I could definitely get behind these being either related or the same creature. There is another cryptid 
it has been linked to. But I'll save that one for a later section. Another theory is that Mothman is some kind of mutant caused by toxic waters in the TNT area. So after the war ended, the land that was once the US military was leased to chemical companies. Apparently toxic chemicals were kept in the igloos that the explosives used to be in. Locals say that the waters in the area are completely polluted with tons of those chemicals. Perhaps a moth was affected by these chemicals, or even a human being. I picture it like a moth and a person touched it at the same time and then were infused together, but I think that's a little too comic book-like to be true. Now, let's go to this cryptid actually being some sort of supernatural or demonic entity. Let's start with a legend that comes from the native tribes of the area. The two main tribes in the Point Pleasant area were the Shawnee people and the Cherokee people. What is interesting is that in this part of West Virginia and Ohio, the natives called it a haunted spot, and the ghost stories from around the area and in towns nearby are crazy. But we are focusing on cryptids here. Anyway, during the 1770s, a ton of tribes from this part of the U.S. formed an alliance to keep the white men from moving onto their territory. They were led by a Shawnee chief, whose name translates to Cornstalk. So, long story short, after some battles and then making peace with the white settlers, they took Cornstalk and other leaders hostage. They thought the other tribes wouldn't attack because they had these powerful people. Now, apparently, Cornstalk and the leaders were treated very well and even given comfortable quarters to live in. Some even thought it was a voluntary, but either way, there was an incident where the natives killed one of the settlers and hurt another while they were out hunting. This pissed the white men off, and so they decided to execute Cornstalk and all of the other leaders and prisoners as revenge. It was said that Cornstalk stood up so confidently when they came in that they paused for a moment before shooting him eight times. And as he died, he said this, I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refuse to join your pale face enemies with the red coats. I came to the fort as your friend and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side, my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its people be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. And this is when people believed the land was cursed. Now, we all know how awful Native American people were treated, but also are still being treated today. It is a real issue that not many people address, which is a major problem. But anyway, there are other tragic events that have been linked to the curse. For example, while the town of Point Pleasant was building a statue dedicated to Cornstalk, there was a big lightning storm that damaged equipment. Then the worst coal mining disaster in American history occurred in a town nearby on December 6, 1907, when 310 miners were killed. And then in 1944, 150 people were killed when a tornado ripped through the Tri-State Triangle area. So maybe the Mothman is a part of this curse. But let's move to another aspect of the supernatural idea. Nick Redfern, a very well-respected cryptozoologist, believes that it is a supernatural entity. 
He thinks it has the ability to manifest at will when disasters are about to happen. So it isn't specific to West Virginia. And this theory is supported by the sightings all around the world before or during disasters. Or maybe it causes them, which sounds like something a demon would do. There is an ancient Assyrian demon that looks very similar to what people describe seeing Mothman as. The demon is called Bazuzu. It is believed to be a warning of bad weather, danger, famine, and other tragedies. This is actually the demon that is in the famous exorcist film and book. So perhaps the Mothman brings disasters to places because they enjoy seeing tragedy. But John Keel, the Mothman Prophecies author, suggests that there are places on Earth that are metaphysical windows, meaning they are basically wormholes. And boy, do we know wormholes. Now, this one is believed to be a little different from Skinwalker Ranch, because this one is believed to be connected to some kind of supernatural world that the spirits and demons have the ability to pass through. But like we know, wormholes are very hard to understand, and scientists and experts alike are still figuring out how they work. Now, let's go to this last section of the explanations, which is another favorite of us cryptid people. The government has something to do with it. So some believe that Mothman was created back during World War II as some kind of super soldier. We do know for sure that the government was trying to use animals to aid the war effort. For example, there was Project Pigeon, which enlisted pigeons to go and spy on the other side. Then there was Project Bat Bomb, which is exactly how it sounds, bats dropping bombs. But, but either way, perhaps the Mothman was a failed experiment or even an escaped one. On Josh Gates' TV show, Expedition X, the team interviewed a retired electrical engineer that worked at a military base nearby throughout the 70s. This man worked at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio that is about two hours away from Point Pleasant. Now, there aren't really any known links between these two bases, although we do know sometimes the different branches would work together. But either way, the Wright-Patterson Base is notorious for being super secretive. There were three projects headquartered there to study UFOs. One of them was Project Blue Book, which investigated over 12,000 UFO sightings to try and determine if they were a threat to national security. And since the U.S. declassified UFO information, this was one of them. And now people that worked on it are allowed to talk about it. Basically, what this man from the base told the team was that the base may have been perfecting a human flight suit around the time of the Mothman original sightings. That's right, a human flying suit. Now, this was mainly jetpacks, but during the 70s, the U.S. Delta Force, the most elite force from the U.S., were using these flying suits, or machines, in West Virginia. I mean, what are the odds? We will definitely talk more about this in Weird Club next week, but like, come on. That is some coincidence. <laughs> so, this last one is explaining a cryptid with another cryptid, but there is some real weight to it. Some believe that Mothman might actually be an alien. So, there was a ton of UFO activity in this area in the years before the creature was seen. For example, in Braxton County, which is about two hours east of Point Pleasant, in September of 1952, Witnesses saw a ball of light seen going across the sky and land in woods. 
They went to go see what it was, but when they got there, they found a metal object, like a UFO, hovering above the ground. Then a humanoid creature with big red eyes came out, and this creature was then called the Flatwoods Monster. Now, I don't want to go into detail about this because I might do it for a future episode, so I won't. But the big red eyes can't be a coincidence, right? Well, before Mothman came, people saw a ton of UFO sightings in the area. It got to the point where there were so many that they couldn't keep track. There's a story, however, that includes both a UFO and a Mothman. Linda Sigmund was 16 at the time. She was driving with her boyfriend at around 7.30 at night. They pulled into a field to watch stars when they noticed a bright light. Then the UFO flew over the car, about 10 feet above, filling the car with bright white light. They sped away, trying to get out from under the light, and then all of a sudden, a large humanoid black, nine-foot-tall object was flying with the craft. And then, the town had even more weird things come into their lives. People all over the town started reporting strange men wearing black suits coming to their doors and telling them not to talk about the lights or the Mothman anymore. That's right. Men in black. I mean, how crazy is it that this Mothman episode would have, like, five other cryptids slash strange creatures involved? But anyway, Keel, author of the Mothman Prophecies, was actually the person who popularized the term Men in Black. He was also the one who that introduced the acronym MIB. Between 1966 and 1967, these strange men would come to town and they were dressed in the usual getup for MIB. Head to toe in black suits, white shirts, black ties, and even black shoes. But it all seemed off or out of style for the late 60s. Apparently, they asked people questions about the Mothman and told them not to speak about it. They even went as far as threatening a witness with a note that read, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. Then, Linda Scarberry, one of the original witnesses, said that the MIB wore black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. They drove black cars, Cadillacs, I think. They looked like human beings, but their skin was somewhat transparent. You could see the veins in their hands very clearly. Their fingers were longer than a normal person's fingers as well. Daddy shook hands with them, and he said they were awkward in shaking hands. They seemed not to know what to do or how to shake hands. How creepy is that? The other couple from the original sighting, Steve and Mary Mallet, said a strange man and woman carrying a camera visited them. The Mallets took down the license plate of the Volkswagen, but the police said the number was non-existent. And it doesn't stop there. Marcella Bennett said that one time, while her and her daughter were just outside of Point Pleasant, a red Ford Galaxy began following them. She said the driver appeared to be wearing a bushy wig. So she slowed down for the vehicle to pass her, but instead it tried to force her off the road. She then sped up, but the Ford sped around her and turned sideways on the road to block her path. Marcella, however, didn't back down. She said she warned her daughter to hold on and then hit the gas pedal to the floor. Then the Ford pulled away and let her through. She said she had never seen the man before and never saw him again. John Keel tried to confront the men in black many times. He, he would receive a call from a local saying they had seen them and he'd race there, but he never caught up. Then there was a strange blonde in her 30s with a Southern accent that visited witnesses, some of whom were never talked about in the newspapers. 
She claimed to be John Keel's secretary, so people trusted her. Even Mary Heyer, the reporter who we had talked about earlier, had plenty of run-ins with MIB or other just strange otherworldly people, one of which just wanted a ballpoint pen. So maybe Mothman is from another planet. Or maybe the aliens created Mothman. I, I don't know. But we'll definitely talk about that in Weird Club next week. Okay, so that is Mothman. There are some witness stories I didn't mention, but either way, be sure to come back next week for a full Weird Club episode with returnees Jenna and Alyssa. But for now, I will leave you with this. So, what do you think? Is the Mothman really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids. So make sure to follow us and leave us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One week from today will be a full Weird Club with fraternities Alyssa and Jenna about the Mothman. See you next week. This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo designed by Jason Zykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.